that button. Even if nobody hears it, at least we will have had a great conversation about in-game. <laughs> Episode 155, we got the right number this time. I, uh, I'm back. I'm Andy. There's Michael. Hey, welcome back. JJ's here. I am. I am very jealous of your discussion last week. You guys had a good one. Although, uh, I have to fess up at the beginning here, Michael. I was way off on that opening weekend monetary number. Oh, yeah. Uh, it. I did kind of notice that it blew your prediction out of the water. What number? Remind me what number we talked about. Well, they had this bet about whether it would break 300. And I thought... And didn't it? Eh. You put it at 279, I think was your guess. Somewhere around there. Because I figured that everyone that went to see opening weekend of uh, Infinity War would do the same thing and then it wouldn't be that much bigger but i didn't really factor in the amount of people including myself that were like i can't have this spoiled for me and then they rushed out to see it at uh 9 30 at night on a sunday <laughs> that <laughs> would be 6 a.m in the morning <laughs> 6 a.m in the morning 4 a.m i too had the same experience michael where the uh concessions looked like they had been overrun by a zombie mob oh yeah so it wasn't just <laughs> us <laughs> You know, and then you came in to see if there was any cans of tuna years later. Yeah. That is some classic low-paid worker not paid enough to deal with this. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think anyone was prepared to be working until 4.35 in the morning. But, uh, yeah. And also, by the way, can we just not do cat hair vacuums again? That was disgusting. (laughs) (laughs) This is what happens when you're not here. Oh, it was good. That was a good episode. Good job. I am very happy. Thank you for saving the end game discussion a little bit. Because I think that's what we're going to do, right? Yeah. I think you can... <laughs> I. There's enough to unpack here, probably, that maybe f- folks should read the episode description and see if we talk about anything else. Yeah, there there are one or two topics to unpack here. There's one, there's, you know, there's like a list here. I put Game of Thrones on it. We could just get that out of the way earlier. Uh, Non-spoiler Game of Thrones. I do think that I side in between people and the director of photography on that episode. Color calibration is hard. That's my opinion. (laughs) (laughs) All right. End game. Spoiler alert. Did I say yeah. it clearly enough? And yeah, just like enough. If you yeah. haven't if, if you, you haven't, haven't seen, seen it, it, skip to episode one fifty six. Yeah. We're we're sad to see you go. Come back. We'll have fun stuff to talk about other weeks. Yeah. But not this week. Um shout out at the top of this. I would like to have friend of the pod Ken here for this discussion. Yes. Yes. We're going to have to make do without him. Our good pal and comic book aficionado was married over this past weekend. Congratulations. Yes. Yeah, big congratulations. Ebony, also friend of the pod. Congratulations to the, them both. Shout out to many friends of the pod that were there. Jason, Kit, etc. Uh, many, many more as well. That was fun. It was a good wedding. It was uh, very, very nerdy, you guys. I would expect nothing less. There were Legos there. It completes their uh, personalities and also what would you expect getting married on May the 4th? You know what? It completes the rest of us, too. It fills our hearts. It's good. we'll, We'll muddle through and then I'm sure we'll get an email or I'll get a phone call. And we'll have correcting to, uh, all the things that we. We'll you just go ahead and go ahead and get a get that phone call. Just hit record on the phone call, and we'll just play it back next week. <laughs> this will be the first episode where we have errata in the comments section. <laughs> uh, does that count as research? We've we've fudged the research rule a little bit, but I don't know about errata. I mean, if we're not doing it, I don't know if it counts. Okay, good point. All right, fair. All right, this is it. This is the last warning that you have to go to episode 156. There won't be a component class today because I don't want to chance a problem. We'll do that soon. Preview, um, let's say, RAM? Yeah. 
156 RAM. So if you're in for that, come back or you know stay if you've if you've done Endgame. That's it. That's that's enough warning. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> so let's let, let's get it started here. Does anyone have like overall problems with? I mean, big problems with the film. Mm, time travel or alternate dimensions? Which are we headed down? What road here? Well. Okay, if you want to like look forward a little bit, maybe there's an answer to that question. But if you want to talk about like what this movie considers, it's only considering time travel. Okay, so if we're only considering that it's time travel, and that uh, we've seen 22 movies up to that point, and the conceit is that you're in the movie, they say what you're. Your destiny is already fulfilled by time travel if you can do it, right? Um, because they return those stones to the exact points that they were taken. Right. And we watched Supposedly, those movies, yeah. and those movies still happened, and Disney is not going to erase them because people would get pissed off. Then you have to kind of walk into this movie knowing a little bit of how it ends. Sure. Just, I mean... So I, I, I just want to say that up front because I think a lot of complaints stem from, oh, it's too obvious or, oh, it's, I knew the ending or what, you know, it's an Avengers movie and Thanos isn't going to win, right? You're there to see how they write it. Not about, it's not about, you know, like, will they make it or how do they do it? You you know that they're going to do it and you know how they're going to do it because, they basically have said the universe is a, a line and all these things have basically already happened. I think uh, the one that I read is that a great TV show or movie or even book is not about the what of what happens. It is about the how of it. Right? Yeah, we we all know the where they were going to wind up, right? We knew the people who were gone had to come back somehow. Um, because many of them have movies scheduled to be exactly. made in the next two years. There's a Spider-Man movie coming out in a couple of months. Oh, we'll talk about it at the end. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah. So the that to me was was maybe the biggest interest was what's the you know how are they going to tease the all these threads out and and tie a bunch of them off. It was interesting to note that. You know, a lot of the time, this stuff can get spoiled by news, quote unquote. You know, the the Hollywood rags that are trying to get the scoop. You know, oh, whose contract is up when and why, and what movies are they scheduled to do? And the you know, the first person that breaks, oh, uh, there's going to be a Guardians of the Galaxy three, is going to get X amount of hits. So unfortunately, like either you try to tune all that stuff out, or you know up front that. They've been basically screaming from the rooftops that um, at least, uh, 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 what's his name? Chris Evans. There you go. His contract is over, right? Yeah. And RDJ is on shaky ice. Right. So you can walk into that trying to make some assumptions about the movie if you want to, or you can let it go and watch the how. And I, I wanted to discuss that up front because if you get into the why and the, oh, I wish they had done X differently, you already you knew that going in. Like, it's not even a spoiler, really, at this point, to know that the Avengers win. It's just a question of how. Right. And I think the how, even, and the, the journey to get there, right, is where you can maybe start to find some interesting moments that were both really great and moments maybe where it, the whole movie didn't work as well. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. I, I think, I don't know, it's tough. I don't know where I want to start because there are both some moments that were like really, really awesome in this movie and in, interesting and fun. And then there's definitely a few parts where I was like, oh, okay, this is like, this is a plot device happening now. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, I have to say up front that I am a sucker for a heist movie. <laughs> And I'm glad that they put a heist movie inside a blockbuster action movie. 
Yes. And actually, as a fan of heist movies as well, uh, if you want to watch a heist movie inside of a blockbuster action movie, let's talk about still the king of that genre, Fast Five. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> oh, my God. It uh, is, though. We're not it is literally. We're not doing it. We're not going to do it today, but it is literally that movie, right? It is an action movie with a heist stuck inside of it, stuck inside of some just, kind of like weird car thing. Are you just but, saying that they copied Fast Five? Is that no, what you're saying here? No, no, absolutely not. <laughs> they weren't going for that kind of a thing at all, right? But they, they did a lot of family talk. There was, right? And there, yeah. it, they had to bring a team together. They had to assemble the crew. Mm-hmm. They had to put the plan into action and then they had to execute it. But I think that my issue with that that portion or that movie of this movie almost okay is that maybe they didn't do the heist enough justice by giving us the plan in advance, right? They're just like, okay, we're gonna go steal this thing. Everyone knows to do right, break, and then you don't know what's the plan, so you can't tell how it goes wrong because you learn about the plan as it happens. Sure. Whereas, right. like, like you know, I, I think a lot of them are are sort of, uh, you know, we we have an idea of exactly where we're going to grab it, and you, you know, you don't, you like them don't know what's coming. So when you know, the future RDJ gets hit by Hulk coming down the stairs, right? You know, something's yeah. going wrong. Yeah, and it's not, you know. I, it's just not that movie, right? So you compare it to other like amazing heist movies like Ocean's Eleven or whatever, where that whole movie is then telling you how the plan is supposed to go so that when you see the plan in action, you already know when no, it has gone wrong. No, that's not fair because Ocean's Eleven has the big twist where they didn't tell you the one thing about how they were doing this. Of course. The no, no, extra, that's the, the extra and that is the, thing. That yeah. is the twist at in that movie, right? Uh-huh. Whereas here you don't get, there's no place for a twist like that because they haven't told you what the plan is. There is a twist. The twist is the oopsie about um, the robot lady getting connected to the other robot lady. Nebula. Yeah. Nebula. Sorry. Uh, that's the twist is like, oh, okay, that's how things go wrong. Or, you know, in Ocean's Eleven's case, that's how things go right, obviously. Yeah. Um, it just felt like the the heist portion of the movie wasn't as good as it could have been because they were kind of rushing along to make a big battle happen. They had three yeah. hours in that. A no, dude, I know. Yeah, you have a good point, obviously, <laughs> you know, but they could have cut more of the big battle, maybe, I guess. I would have been okay with that. Yeah. Yeah, and the heist, the heist definitely kept it from being a... Go back, just the, you know, the standard trope, which they made fun of a lot of go back, fix the future by fixing the past. Yeah, I think they, they did a mostly good job of sticking to their own time travel logic there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, uh, the problem with their time travel logic, right, is that they discover, okay, well, then the things have to be returned exactly when they were taken. And if things went completely right in terms of returning them, you already know that everything went right at the end of the movie, right? So your the time travel logic, yeah, gets too circular. It, it's all closed but, loops. So you know, as soon as the loop starts, that it ends correctly. Otherwise, the world ends. You know. Uh huh. So that is separately from this film a problem that I've always had with time travel in in you know well Looper tried. Yeah, it it's kind of an inescapable problem with the idea. Right. You have to grapple with it somehow. They tried. I, so I don't have any issues on it. with the time right. travel stuff. Right. You yeah. can't dog on it for, you know, they, they came up with their own logic. Right. And you just have to accept that their, yeah, their as long movie as they logic stay consistent. has to stay and consistent. They, exactly. And they even did a good job of explicitly telling you, this doesn't work like that. This isn't no back to the future. <laughs> this is, right. That's not how it works. There was an interesting uh, side which plot is with, um, God, I'm so bad at names tonight. I'm so sorry. Uh, the predecessor to Doctor Strange. Um, the, or the is, it, is she the ancient one the ancient or the one. yeah the yeah. something like that? The interesting side plot there is that they could have spun it out and said, "Guess what? You're not actually time traveling right now. You're in X branch, right? 
And and if you want to move X branch back to the main timeline, then these are the things you have to do. And then you're remind, in alternate realities. Remind yourself of this discussion when we talk about Spider-Man. <laughs> yes. Okay. Okay, so time travel, eh, don't worry about it. Heist movie, I thought was enjoyable because otherwise it would have been a bad movie. <laughs> yeah, I the heist movie stuff was the thing I think I liked the best of the movie. I just wish it had been better. Okay. I think it was perfectly serviceable overall. Oh, it wasn't it and, certainly wasn't bad. And it provided uh great moments for the best part of the movie, I think. Which was Beer Gut Thor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, Dad Bod Thor yeah. <laughs> is the, uh, the thing I saw going around on Twitter. Big, big Thorbowski. Pretty good. Yes. Uh, so good. Before we get into individual characters, maybe we should, uh, we should talk about the other overarching theme of this film, which was interconnecting all the franchises and especially focusing on plot lines from uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp and the previous Avengers film and then bringing in the new Captain Marvel, etc. That might be where a lot of people were disappointed or happy. And I want to see where you guys are at on that. I liked I liked what they did with Scott um by by having him end Ant-Man and the Wasp stuck in the quantum zone and only being gone for about five hours, I think he said, as he experienced it. He is totally removed from everything that has happened. And so he sort of gets to play this unique role as the engine that drives everything forward. Yeah, he hasn't had right. the, He's, the five-year gap in, to get ground right. down. He is still in that sort of panicked, what are we going to do? immediate aftermath mm -hmm. and reunites all the other characters. Yeah. He, he is the spark for all the other characters who have just sort of like settled into this dull, you know, we're the ones who are left routine. Do you think that the world would look like that if all half the people were gone? It looked like every corner of it was abandoned and ruined. Yeah, no, that, that's the thing I thought was the most hilarious. It's like half the people in the world disappear it's an apocalypse. Yeah. It's like, actually, um, half the people would still, I mean, yeah, stuff is going to be bad. It's going to be very bad, but it doesn't turn the entire world into a war zone. Probably. Maybe. I don't know. I, I didn't yeah. really think about the repercussions of it too hard. I know that we have maybe in a country like this too much infrastructure for half the people, but... It's, it certainly wouldn't have caused, you know, San Francisco to basically look like it had been turned over. Yeah. I would think you'd end up with New York, San Francisco, L.A. almost re refilling their populations and pe people in a lot smaller towns having left them and you'd have abandoned things like Detroit and other, other areas just completely abandoned. Yeah, I would, would expect smaller guess. towns would be much harder hit. So, but you know, I mean, I guess they want to make a fun movie. Yeah, I guess we can't debate the uh, half apocalypse. <laughs> Which is a funny look for him to come running back into after five years was uh was probably necessary. Uh, yeah, it was. It's also a good way to kind of like introduce the idea of like, oh, hey, time is kind of weird. You can do some stuff here. You know, trying to like plant that seed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I saw I saw something funny that the the real hero of this movie was the rat that tripped the machine. <laughs> but that's, that's not the good. only um that's not the only movie they integrate, you know, they integrate old Captain America movies during the the trip that they have to make into the secret headquarters back when Tony's dad is alive uh for Shield, sure. right? You know, they integrate yep. Because you wouldn't Thor. know, yeah, they integrate the original Thor film or the second one, right? Yeah, the, the hilariously the second one that no one liked, correct? Which I think made the treatment of it where Thor is just sort of drunkenly rambling the plot of the movie <laughs> that much better. Because yeah, that's, that's all he's doing in that scene. 
And yeah. actually, it kind of absolves a little bit of the problem with that movie, where if you watch that movie, you know, you're supposed to feel really bad when Thor's mom dies. And you're like, I, this lady had like 10 minutes of screen time. Why do I care? You know, it's like, yeah, she's Thor's mom. I get it. But like, I really haven't been introduced to this character. They gave her a nice little like humanizing moment in this movie. You're like, oh, okay. This is why Thor loves her and like all this stuff that you didn't actually even get in the movie. But, you know, in universe, it happened, you know. Right. Yeah, it was, it was, it was a cool tie in for her to know that then in that movie, she was going to end up dead. Um, let's see where they where did they also tie in. They tied in um, obviously the first Avengers film with the yeah Loki battle at the end there, which was great to see how they got to go to Falafel. Yeah, see, <laughs> you ever you wondered how they got there? Yeah. Yep. I think that all those worked really well. Yeah, they were some of the most fun parts of the movie, I thought. I wonder... And even, even Professor Hulk going back and talking with the Ancient One uh, in New York was really good. Yeah. Yeah, if you had seen Doctor Strange, you knew who she was. Although they kind of explain it. Other uh, than Captain Marvel showing up at the end of this film to blow something up, why was she in it? Yeah, great question. I was about to ask a very, a very similar that, question. That's the last tie-in, really, that happens before this movie, and they definitely seemed to rely on other people having seen it, because they really don't explain who she is or why she's there. Or why, you, or what she's even... I mean, yes, she's off doing other things in the rest of the galaxy, clearly, but, like, she could have still been doing that and not been in this movie, and the amount of change would have been low. Very, right. Yeah, well, I mean, there's a whole area of this film where, you know, they're having that big battle and Captain America gets the fan service of picking up Mjolnir. And then Thor doesn't do anything. That whole battle yeah. sequence, right? He's just gone out of that battle sequence. Uh, it's easy to write in there that he goes full, you know, Ragnarok mode and lightnings that ship and then it's gone. I'm just saying. So there's a way to have written around it. I I was curious for people like you guys that did see Captain Marvel because I don't know. I don't want to put anything out there that I just don't understand. What do you think the tie-in was like, and and was it worth it to have made that tie-in and have her in the film? Ah, uh, especially it, since you guys was, liked that movie, right? I mean, I enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah it was definitely a good movie. Yeah. So it's. Hearing some stuff about how this was shot versus Captain Marvel, this movie was shot first, including her scenes before she had shot Captain Marvel at all. Right. Okay. And, you know, that's not to forgive what happens or whatever, but essentially she had, she's being asked to act a character who's a, who's like defining events she has not been through. And so she, like the, she has even said in interviews that, she didn't really have an idea of what the character was going to be other than just, you know, really cocky and, you know, has this, you know, kind of attitude about her. But the, in, in you know, then all the stuff you see her go through in Captain Marvel, she, the actress, has not experienced. No, <laughs> she right, doesn't yeah, know. Sure. She doesn't know how to be that character or the way that you would expect when it comes out in this order. Right. So I, it really felt superfluous. Like she didn't need to be in this movie at all. Like, other than as a tie-in, like, there was really not much reason for her to be there. At least, you know, in the way it was written as is. Well, you... Well, yeah. You... She saves Tony and Nebula at the start there, which is... Right, that's, that's kind of the one thing where you would have had a harder time writing around. Yeah, I, I don't know right? how you save them from that specific thing of them stuck on that planet and actually get them back in a reasonable amount of time. Yeah, her at the end you can you can find ways around I think more easily but that she they needed her for that part. Okay. All right. I mean, it was still pretty light her involvement anyway and I don't I don't really understand the people that are really angry about it because uh, there are is there a vocal faction of people that are angry about it? 
Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Her involvement in that battle was as much as some of the other people. Like, hey, Valkyrie was there too. Yeah, or and so was the Black, Black Panther. Panther and- yeah, he I mean he runs with the he runs with it first. The the Infinity Gauntlet for like three seconds, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, there there were other people who also got the short end of the fight, and just like she did, so. Yeah, not but this unusual. was this was always going to be a movie about the original set of Avengers. And yeah, that's what it really needed to be. So then a lot of yeah. you know wonderment comes in when it's oh she is she going to save them all? When thankfully no, not really. So uh, I just yeah. hadn't seen. I had this one that I hadn't seen, so I didn't know. You know if the it doesn't sound yeah. like you know most of the hate that is flung that direction is not well deserved overall. Yeah, you know, I think that like a lot of the other cameos in this movie from various heroes throughout the MCU, you also could have not had that happen. That's not the point, right? Right, it's not the point, right? Yeah. Cool. Should we talk about the Avengers Avengers and what happened to them? Yeah, let's do it, man. Where they all wound up? I want to start with Bruce Banner. Yeah. That was the most jarring transition for a character i will say that i this is one i didn't see coming i'm not as into hulk as a comic character in general uh i didn't i haven't read a lot of his issues or a lot of his storylines so i didn't know that this was a thing that happens in some of those Uh uh-huh uh and so i mean it made perfect sense i guess you know from some kind of like melding of the minds uh <laughs> literally i guess uh, yeah. way um so i thought it was great i was like oh we actually get to both have the brain of dr banner and the you know the size and the strength of hulk together like this is awesome <laughs> right. so i i have an interesting question that goes along with that was which is was mark ruffalo ever actually on set yeah <laughs> <laughs> He was, yes. Okay. <laughs> they used a, a body suit and a facial recognition on him, and they just okay. made him bigger in the scenes. I, th- I think they've said in the past for some of those characters, they put like a stick and a tennis ball up at the height where his face is supposed to be so that so people the actors look correctly. Look. Yeah. yeah. Yep. It, um, it was an interesting transition. It was odd because it happened in the same movie, I think. That we had the opening of this film where it's immediately after the the snap, right? That they right. go find him and Thor takes his head off. And then we get the five-year jump rather than that being the end of the last movie and there being a five-year jump in between movies. I think it makes the five-year jump more impactful. You do? Right. Right. You've, you basically, you've literally cut the head off the snake. But it and everything is still, anything. everything is still exactly the same. Mm-hmm. Right. And yeah, so I- you have this gulf of time basically where, you know, they've just been trying to get by as best they can living in the knowledge that there's literally nothing that they can do. So you think that it's stronger for that to be at the beginning of this movie rather than have left people with that thought at the end of the last one? Yes. Hmm. Yeah, I think this is way more interesting because it gives, you know, it gives rise to a lot of different things where it keeps the people watching guessing what they're going to do about it. You know, like, oh, they're going to go fight Thanos again and take the gauntlet back or they're going to steal it or whatever is going to happen. And then within the first 30, you know, within the first five minutes of the movie, uh, it's more than five minutes, I guess, but whatever, you know what I mean? Like, it's in the first opening scenes well, there's Thanos' head, and Thor is pissed, and everyone's the stones still are gone. Dead. And the stones are gone, and everyone's still dead, right? Right. So yeah. it makes them more like it sets up kind of the the reason for the despair, and then the the need for the motivation to get into the heist and stuff. So, okay. Dad bod Thor gets. Maybe, I like. Go ahead. Oh, he just gets maybe the. The most sad opening to the film, right? He's just so fr- infuriated with himself. He can't fix what's wrong. He can't go back. I-, I disagree a little bit with some of the changes in his character at the end, maybe. 
Yeah. Um, I mean, we skipped over Banner over the rest of the film, but he really doesn't... His big change is at the beginning. Um, I don't think he does much in the way of an arc at the end. Yeah, I did I did like the sort of role reversal, um, and, and they touch on it in their conversation at the beginning, the role reversal of the two of them between where they were in Thor Ragnarok, yeah. where it's yeah, Thor totally. having to pull Banner out of this just sort of lost state that he's in. Now it's Banner that has to pull Thor. After he axes Thanos at the beginning and can't fix stuff, he goes into uh, beer mo- mode with with his buddies from space. <laughs> I, I really, the only thing I have to say that I don't like about the whole Thor dad bod and the like fat Thor stuff is I, I wish they had toned it down a little bit on the like, LOL gamers are fat and dumb and sit around all day yelling at each other on Xbox live tropes. That okay. stuff was kind of cringy to me. All that part. Um, they definitely leaned he, away from that afterwards and more yeah, into the point break. Uh, yes, and and that's the part where I big came Lebowski. around on it yeah. uh, a lot yeah. more. When Thor was like, shows up wearing shades and <laughs> drinking flip-flops a beer, and yeah. flip-flops. Sleep? Yeah. I think he's yeah. dead. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, what? No, I'm, I, I'm, I'm paying attention. Do we have a beer? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, so good. But yeah, it, it was a, it was interesting because then you know that Thor essentially for the rest of the movie, even up until the very end, almost can't participate in any of the action scenes. Basically he has to like run away or, you know, hide essentially. Cause he's, he's out of shape. He can't do anything. Yeah. Kind of. I think that the point there at the end is that he's not out of shape. Really. Uh, Thor is kind of whoever Thor wants to be. Sure, as evidenced by the fact that once he's holding both hammers, the lightning still works just as well, right? <laughs> yeah. Right. I don't... I didn't like in Infinity War, and I still kind of don't like at the end of this. I love that they give Valkyrie more agency, and that she you know, ostensibly becomes quote-unquote king of the people. Uh, they say at the end, you know, he doesn't call her queen, he says king. Right. Uh, which mm. is interesting. But there's a a very distinct and deliberate move in Ragnarok to make him into Odin. Yeah, with the eye patch and stuff, the, even. And being able to call lightning. Um, and then in Infinity War, when he needs to get the new axe, they just rip all that apart and they say, oh, no, 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 he's not Odin. And it's kind of evidence at the end of this where they say, well, you're trying to be who you're not, and that's fine. But it it takes away from earlier when they said that basically it's his destiny to be Odin. He he doesn't have a choice about what's going to happen to him. He loses the eye. He calls lightning. It's a mixed... It seems a little bit mixed in, in three successive movies to have moved the the meter maybe that far how do you guys feel about the ending of this where he basically says i'm not gonna be god of thunder i just am gonna go be an avenger or whatever or i guess not an avenger <laughs> a guard, a guardian, <laughs> a guardian of the galaxy, of the galaxy. <laughs> yeah uh in part though i think it kind of works because it ties back into the whole idea that this movie dealt with a lot which is that no matter what you might think or how absolute something might seem nothing is ever written in stone i think that's a good way to look at it you definitely you definitely get the sense with especially how they ended thor's arc here that they're trying to really prepare everyone for like hey you know there's a bigger universe out there than just this one little planet what if we saw more of that stuff and like less every minute on earth that's kind of the impression i got and leaning thor that way since ragnarok took place what entirely in space essentially almost completely i don't think they touched earth at all yeah um yeah no they the did very they did the beginning they did the beginning because they have to find odin oh right yeah earth. the very yeah. beginning yeah yeah and then they so you know it I think it's it, 
it just sort of opens them up more to put Thor in more fun places now that he is back off in space doing space stuff. Because although I guess he could still just use the Bifrost, right? So hmm. no, no. Oh, did it's it all? Gone. His Asgard's gone, gone, right? Gone, yeah. yeah. So then, yeah, you got to get him back out to space so he can do space stuff. So because <laughs> yeah. that's that's where you that's where he's fun. That's where you first meet Thor, right? Right. And he's he's another character who's been brought basically all the way back to the beginning of his arc, whereas he you know he's with his band fighting space battles. Yeah. And, you know, if, if Thor Ragnarok is anything to go by, I want Thor doing space stuff. So, <laughs> uh, I think it was great. I think the, the kind of him taking Mjolnir back from the middle of Thor 2 or whatever, uh, to kind of like help him get over his funk to prove that he is still worthy to himself it was fun. And as a bonus, you get the sweet Captain America payoff later. Yeah. I think the the best part I I really liked that moment um but as as much for Cap picking up the hammer as for Thor's I knew it which echoes the thought that everyone else was having at that moment. Mm. Yeah, there are a lot of callbacks to the very first Avengers, right? Or even the is it is Age of Ultron the one where all of them were trying to pick up the hammer in the bar? Uh I think they're at yeah. Tony's house, yeah. They're in the, they're yeah, in the tower. House. Yeah. They're in the tower, and Thor's like, oh, try and pick it up. See, none of you will be able to. You're not worthy, Thor, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, Vision tries, and he can't do it, and Tony Stark can't do it. He's using the thrusters to try and pick it up and the whole thing. And then you see Cap, he goes like, he goes, and he starts to try, like, he's, you could see his arm flexing, and then it, a millimeter, it scoots, and you see Thor's eyes, he's like, what? And then, then Tony, they, then he's like, "Oh, I can't." And you know, he's thinking immediately. You're like, "I knew he was sandbagging," <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which is, of course, completely within Cap's character to do that. So, anyway, I fun little moment there. Um, did anyone have anything else on Thor? Do we want to talk about Cap? Yeah, I, I have a, I don't know. I, I just feel like I ended up in the Avengers series here relating the most to Thor's story arcs, you know, in the series of all these movies, not just in the Avengers series, but they've definitely taken a character that was boring and humanized him so much more maybe than a lot of the other ones, but we'll, we'll get to the other ones here. So I I mean, let's, I I think I can just say it's a spoiler alert for the rest of this podcast. I think I like Thor the best. Yeah. Well, not in this movie necessarily, but like as a character, I've had more fun with those more recent Thor movies and Avengers movies than I have any of those Captain America movies. It's just he's a more interesting character, I think. Um, well, he's been allowed so, you know, to be more interesting, maybe. Yeah, it's been allowed to, I think, as a fair thing to say. Yeah. All right, well, let's get on Cap then. Sure. Uh, walks away from being an Avenger after the five-year gap, I guess. They don't really need Avengers, so they're using a little bit of... Well, uh, widows holding together a, a tiny crew, kind of Nick Fury style. Yeah, interesting to sort of see him, you know, kind of try to retreat to almost daily life or something. Yet everyone seems to know who he is. That was a, I don't know, weird. Yeah, I couldn't tell in that scene where he's there in the the therapy group if everyone knew who he was, and it was just sort of yeah, because he, he tells them he was like stuck in the ice. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. He, they definitely knew. It's like he's, they're not going to... Who else was stuck in the ice in 45? Yeah. <laughs> it was, uh, that scene was both great to like, you know, sort of get, you know, have a nice character moment for him, but then simultaneously just really weird. It's like, it, you know, is this what he looks like when he gives up? Like, I, I don't know what the... I don't know what I was supposed to be learning about him there. Maybe he was trying to just be the most useful he could be, and he didn't think he was useful any other way. It's hard to imagine that he wouldn't want to be out there trying to fix things, but that's that's the cap we're given at the beginning. Yeah. Uh, hold on, we didn't cover the most important part of this. Should she? Should he have shaved? <laughs> <laughs> oh, got rid of the beard. Yeah. Yeah. 
a lot of content, a lot, a lot of, of uh, a lot of opinions online about whether opinions cliche. online about that. Yeah, I would think it feels like most of them fell on the like, why would you do this spectrum? Um, but you know, it, it does. Again, you know, we have talked about this going back to the original Avengers. Uh, you know, that's how well, how he looked in that movie, right? Yep. Yeah. It it ends up helping out their time travels thing because he could actually pass as Captain America <laughs> instead of uh, you know, if you'd had yeah. the beard, people would have been like, "Uh, who are you?" Yeah, you're not coming into this facility <laughs> with that beard. Um, man, what a he seems to take over again as the leader, kinda, but not really. He certainly does leading. Yeah. More I, than than Tony does, that's for sure. I don't but know. But that's always been the dynamic. Yeah. I'm a little lost on... I know Cap ends up our hero at the end of this, but really in the middle of the movie, what is he doing, you know? Yeah, I don't know. It It's tough because the... So much of his arc is tied up with him going back in time and like seeing stuff in the past that maybe affect how he decides to do things in the end. And I don't know it. It's weird. It's it's hard to talk about his story without just like talking about directly about how he ends up. Right. And also with Iron Man, you have to kind of factor in a lot of that. They had to spend a lot of this movie two guys that basically couldn't be in a room together without probably trying to kill each other again how do they make them work together again and that's yeah. a hard ask yeah and you know in the case of when then they also had to fit in a time travel heist and also had to do you know a giant battle and also had and like you know 10 other things so it's it was, it could, you know, that dynamic could have been a whole movie and in fact was already a whole movie, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And again, I think that's where the, the five years helps, right? Because time, time is the only thing that is going to bridge some of that gap between them. Mm-hmm. So we're left with at the end, a Captain America that saves the world. And then gives it all up to go back to the past somehow. Yeah, this is kind of where I saw a lot of people having issues of like, this is not him. We're not within his character. I don't know if we're not within his character. I think that that might be within the character, but it's the one piece of the film that I don't understand how it works with the time travel rules they wrote. If he, well, there's, there's the question, right? Of is he has he been sitting there on the shoreline waiting for them and they just didn't notice it until they turn around or did he jump there using the, Oh no, he was waiting there. That's the implication. He's lived his life and and knew they would be there. So he sat there on the bench. Right. He definitely didn't jump there because he he would have come back on the pad. I think the end, I think the end is a little strange in that the, you then have to assume he was present and alive for all of the events of all of the other movies, but do was like, you know, 40 years old or whatever and decided like, nah, I'm gonna just let this go, which is the part that people felt was out of character. Well, except for the, you know, well, yeah, the, the part where he's alive, even though he is also in the ice. Yeah. 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 When he could have, stopped this whole Hydra thing before it happened or, you know, a whole bunch of other things that he had knowledge of that were going on right then. You know, you could have saved the president from JFK being assassinated or any <laughs> number of other things, right? So, I don't know. I, I don't know where or how you draw that line. I think it put a nice little bow on his character, even if it doesn't really follow their own logic or make a whole lot of sense necessarily in character for him to do that. When he can't have, um, he can't have made a life with, with, uh, Peggy, Peggy, right? Because, because, yeah, 
in that, the previous, that doesn't happen, right? Uh, yeah, well, it does in this. They show the preview at the end or the post view at the end of him dancing with her, right? But yep. but in previous films, the implication was that she had been married to somebody else. Did we? Is it confirmed, or did anybody look up to that she was actually like? Is our are, there were photos of other people, and she had a daughter, right? Yeah. So I'm confused by this part, and that's that's really where I was left kind of the most confused is. So I didn't remember that she had been married to someone else. I knew she had been married, but I didn't remember who it was. And uh-huh. I thought the implication there was that she was married to him that whole time. And he was the someone else. Okay. But I don't know that that actually works. It was that, just, that would be cool. It, it was an impression that I got. I don't know that it's actually fits with the, cause I haven't seen all of those um, other scenes and stuff like the, I didn't watch that agent Carter show or any of the other stuff that came later so if the implication is that he would have stopped and he would have done the stones that he needed to return in Peggy's time last right and then, uh, then he not would not necessarily so that I mean, he would have stayed he there he could have just returned all the stones and then gone all the way back oh I guess he could have Hmm. At least in terms of closing all the time loops or whatever, it doesn't really matter that much as long as all the stones get back to and then he uses his last jump or, you know, decides not to use his last jump in order to stay uh, back with Peggy. Yeah, he just keeps going back. Yeah. You know, I I think it's great that he gets to kind of have a off into the sunset moment while not dying in battle the way Tony does. But it was, you know, know, we've talked about it. I don't know. It's weird. The whole thing was kind of like, oh, this is a weird end for this character, huh? Okay. And then, like, you know, he passes the shield on to Sam. Where'd he get the shield? He kept it. He took it with him. He took it with him, didn't he? Thanos destroyed it in the battle where he he was chopping at him. Mm. Right? Is there a different one he could have picked up along Tony the way? Tony gives him the, the one, the last one, or the original one, whichever mm-hmm. it is, right before they go into that big fight, and then Thanos chops it in half, and then he has another one? Did he steal it from the past again? That's bad. Uh-oh. <laughs> he brought it, yeah, he brought it forward from somewhere. So, I don't know. That one was weird to me. Or maybe there was just another one the whole time. He stole it from the government or something? I don't know. That part, that part confused me more than the way the character ended. That's an interesting change of events there because in the comics, um, you know, Bucky is the obvious takeover there. Didn't Sam, or didn't the Falcon become yes. in America at some the, point also? Yeah. So. In the comics, he does. Okay. I, there's also, there's also, JJ, nothing to stop Cap with the knowledge that he has from just walking into Wakanda and asking them to build him another shield. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> you can certainly hand wave it away. I just, I got confused when I saw it. I was like, wait, I just saw Thanos cut that in half. What's going on? Um, I guess maybe we could assume uh, there's a chance maybe then that we're in an alternate timeline where he's changed the timeline because he married Peggy Carter. Well, but they already set up, you know, they did all the work to establish that changing the past doesn't change the future. Well, then. But what's her name says that if you don't return the stones, you create branches, right? So, she, so he must have returned her, the stones. Her whole point with that scene, I think, was that they, they yes, they create branches, but their timeline when they jump back is still their own. It only has repercussions for the people who are upstream of the branches who flow off in different directions. We would be upstream of the branch where he marries Peggy Carter. Not if he puts the stones back. That's the point. He puts the stones back first so there's only one branch. And then he Uh, just comes forward in that timeline. uh, I know for a fact that in that one movie where he sees her when she's on her deathbed, she's like, oh, you came back. So, I'm pretty certain that that would be a change to the original story that maybe they could make, but seems odd. 
they probably didn't write the script for this back when they wrote Captain America if you're gonna 2. Do stuff like this, you got to make it work in the seams. They made the whole heist thing work in the seams. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying that, you know, they tried. It just ends, it leaves me with the character that seems to have been shorted maybe the most here of all the Avengers. He gets I, I don't know that he was the star, but also the most confusing and linear line where he's the hero, he's always the hero, he's the hero again, and he ends like a hero. Yeah, I think that's a fair criticism. All right. Um, Entwined in his story is Iron Man, so we got to do that one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think... Did you guys believe the, like, I'm going to go build a cabin and live in the woods with pepper pots yes and have a daughter thing i don't know yeah because he doesn't he doesn't give it all up right like he obviously still has a workshop because he builds pepper the suit and has had like a a work table where he can design a time machine in his living room the whole time Right. So he's he's given up the the lifestyle, but not necessarily he can't give up the, you know, the endless need to tinker. This is what Potts tells him, right? Like as much as we have to take Gwyneth Paltrow here. <laughs> yeah. The the whole he clearly did failure. not want to be there. Did, I I don't like to bag on specific people very often. She just didn't seem like she was into it. And I don't know if that was the character that she was trying to portray that through, but like, you would think after five years of Tony having been in the woods, she would have let her guard down and believed that it was over. And then when he says, I solved the time machine thing, she just seems completely disinterested. I don't know. I just didn't know which version of Gwyneth Paltrow that is. Like, she's acting the character or she just didn't want to do it. Yeah, that was my issue with her as well. In every scene where she is forced to display emotion of some type, either you know, dismay at Tony getting back up to his old ways or whatever emotions those were supposed to be. Or, you know, even at the very end where she's supposed to feel, you know, really terrible that he's, he is, you know, dying in her arms more or less. And it's just like a kind of a, a, sl- a, a blank slate where she's chiseling features onto or something. It was just very like, I have done my acting now, please let me leave and not be a part of this series anymore. Aww. Which is which is unfortunate. She was one of the low points, I think. Uh, her, not her role in specific, but like the the carrying out of that role. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Which is too bad because I thought Tony's arc was really great in this movie. I thought that uh, I loved Thor's arc because we've come to have two great movies of Thor, uh, kind of changing completely into someone that has understood what he wants to be. A little bit and then falling, falling from grace, kind of, you know, you, you think he's becoming a like truly lovable hero and all that. Um, Iron Man after the first Iron Man movie for me has been kind of a one trick pony and ex- actually with the changes to Civil War, extremely infuriating at times. Yeah. Where it, he's like, well, I the world's problems disliked him yeah the world's problems are all of our fault well actually buddy they're actually only ever your fault you know <laughs> yeah he's like oh we we could have stopped all this you Bro, could have stopped you. all this <laughs> yeah you specifically yeah remember that time you designed like a bunch of suits and they like tried to kill everyone remember that time you designed an ai and it tried to kill everyone remember that time you 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 know it's like we've gone through all that with tony and then at the beginning of this, I thought we were going to get more of it where he just has a huge meltdown um, at Captain America. Oh, it's all your fault. This whole thing's your fault. You know, I was like, oh, good boy. Here we go again. And then we get yeah. the five-year reset. And um, and I don't want to get overly, like, deep about it because I know it's a sticky topic for a lot of people. But, you know, having kids does change your life. Introducing that to his character, especially his character, the man who could never think about anyone but himself, uh, adds a new new dynamic to who he can be, I think. Yeah, and I think I think the scene where he reconciles with his dad went a long way, too. 
I was just about to bring that up, and I think that it lets him it lets you kind of pull his egotism out of his character a little bit to sort of make him a more likable human, even not just a hero, right? Yeah, I, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, the the dad thing is what ties them together finally, right? He never. He never understood that his dad didn't know how to be a dad until he tries to tell his dad how to be a dad. Yeah. It's also not knowing how to be a dad. Yeah. Right. It was, it was good. Beautiful. It's a nice, that's a beautiful circle to put two people in. Um, so it's, uh, it's heartbreaking, but believable that he would not be able to let the time machine go. You kind of wonder what you would do in that scenario. Like, would you give, up, you know, potentially not making it work because you have to know there's a good chance that it's not going to work. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's a cool story beat to put into his character. Again, making you wonder about his ego, even before he meets his dad, and whether he's able to put it in check. Yeah, I don't. I don't think the the it's way he, he sells problem. that. Well, yeah, the way he sells that scene, it seems like even he doesn't think that it's going to work. Right. He just, he seems to be playing with it just to keep his mind busy. Mm -hmm. Man, Tony, yeah. Tony, see, but so Tony seems to drag, after this point where they reconnect and he finally says, okay, and him and Cap are back together, it seems like even Cap's storyline is dragged along with Tony, right? In some ways, this movie is mostly... Tony's movie because he's kind of the the impetus for a lot of what happens because he invents the time machine. He comes up with the plan to create the iron gauntlet. He comes up with, you know, uh and you know, in the end he's the one who makes the heroic sacrifice. So, I you know, I don't uh, it's tough. I'm of multiple minds about this one. <laughs> okay. Are you talking about the sacrifice here? Uh, no, no, I think oh. that was probably the best way to write the character out, assuming that that's what the demands of Hollywood and it's a good meant. it's a good um proof that even the newspapers can get it wrong, thankfully because these people understand what they're doing, and everyone thought Robert had another movie in him or whatever, and you know he might because okay. what what if he wrote himself into an a i or Ten million other things that could happen where his face shows up again in more movies. Yeah. You know, past movies, you know, movies that are out of the sequence here. Sure, totally. Yeah. Could get a Ant Man movie where he goes to a different time. I don't know. He could cameo in the Spider Man one. Or the Black Widow one. True. Ooh, yeah. We, we're, we're not right. young, get young Tony Stark. <laughs> Or we didn't get to Clint either. We're not going to get to yeah. all of them today. Yeah, uh, we we're going to have to do a part this, two next unfortunately. week. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Let's, uh, let's finish up with Iron Man, and then we'll do a part two uh, end game next week, and maybe we can convince uh, our pal Ken to join us for part two. That might be fun. Yeah, yeah. Let's. So I'm that moment where. Uh, Doctor Strange holds up the finger, right? And he says, one. Yes. Like, there's one in 400 million or whatever it was. Yeah, this is the one, basically. Didn't he say he couldn't tell him? Yeah. I, I, that think, at that, I think at that point, telling him that they are in the one, Tony realizes what he has to do. Right? In the, in the moment... It's fine to tell him beforehand he can't. Oh, because then he would have had time to think about it or something. Yeah, right. He's in okay. the moment. Thanos has retrieved the glove. He's about to snap again. And, you know, it's Tony's the only one who's standing there. Yeah, okay. I I had not thought about it that way. I think that clears up a thing I was going to have to say, but now I don't. I believed it. I felt I felt that it was the choice that probably had to be made. It was too obvious to have Captain America do it and almost even a little bit uh not unbelievable that he would do it. But no, I, I think this is perfect because you could write your way out of Captain America surviving it because he's a super guy or whatever. Tony is still just a guy in a suit, right? Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. And, and he has, to, you know, he has to die if he cl- if he touches a stone, basically. Right. I mean, you know, Peter Quill only was able to hold one so he could do a dance off because he's half planet or whatever. <laughs> and, you know, the Hulk got his arm broken and burned real bad. So, you know, if Tony's doing this, it's going to end bad. And it was the only thing to do. So I enjoyed that he pulled the like, haha, I stole them from you as you had done to us earlier in this movie. <laughs> Yeah, and it's it's a nice reminder too because I had, I had for just get in getting caught up in the battle scene, forgotten that Tony built that glove, so you know it's his tech still at the end of the day, because the glove kind of morphs into looking like the first gauntlet to get Hulk size. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a symbolism there, I'm sure. Yeah, but uh, I think I, I'm glad that we all kind of feel good about Tony being the one because it just doesn't make sense. You know, they have to begin a new Avengers if they're going to do it or they have to stop the Avengers and you can't have Tony Stark out there really doing much <laughs> without the Yeah. 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 It, in a way that I liked the idea of what they did with Cap kind of putting a nice little bow on his character. I think this similarly puts a great little end. You know, you get the whole arc of Tony Stark being an insufferable person for, you know, a great guy, an insufferable person for a bunch of movies, and then, you know, a nice (laughs) ending for him here. You get the whole arc over, what, 10 years or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. It was fun. Yeah. There's still so much more. We we have to do another part. That was fun. (laughs) We have to do more. Um, Because, God, we have to talk about Hawkeye and Ronan and... Yes, and yeah. Black Widow. Ant-Man and getting hit and in the face with a missile and not dying. A bunch of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Did you guys, well, to, to wrap up this first part, did you guys have like a favorite moment, something that stood out for, for one reason or another, big or small? I think that I liked Nebula. And the, what stood out to me was that I liked Nebula halfway through this movie I was really into her character all of a sudden and that was very surprising to me that I was like this bit character that has basically nothing to do until this movie all of a sudden I actually cared about her and Gamora and trying to save the old version of her and not being able to that was interesting and that it interesting in terms of like it held my interest and I didn't think it was going to. I kind of gave an eye roll and it was like, oh, Nebula's got to be part of the team because she has a memory bank, you know? Mm-hmm. And then, oh, wait, no, they're actually going to put some time into this. And that was pretty cool. Uh, I don't know if it was my favorite moment, but it's one that stands out to me right now. I think the thing that stood out to me was how much they gave Rocket to do that wasn't just making jokes and being a raccoon. <laughs> it's so good. He's just His like, whole interaction I with did Thor. the whole mission by myself. All stuff with Thor. Yeah. It's like <laughs> Thor was also there, but he didn't help. Rocket did all the work. <laughs> yeah, that was good. That's the thing I remembered. Did you have one, Michael? Um, a, mo- a moment that just caught me that I liked was in the, in the middle of the battle where, uh, Thanos is fighting Captain Marvel and he takes the power stone in the other hand and clocks her with it. Yeah, that was the precursor to Tony stealing all of them where he pulled the stone, he stole the stone and punched her with it, right? Yep. Yeah, it's a it's yeah, a good, good it's a good foreshadow, but it's also it's also a neat moment because you think of the stones, you know, one you think of them as a unit. Yeah. And you kind of forget that, right, because they've been together for a movie and two thirds now, and you forget that they have these abilities all on their own individually. Yeah. All right, part two next week. So um, I guess we're not doing component class like I said at the beginning. (laughs) Oh, well, we'll have to clarify at the front of 156. Yeah, well, we might we'll have see. some time. I don't know. We'll see. Who can say? Who can say? One fifty-five part two. Oh, there you go. Well, yeah, that's what we'll have to do. What I can say is, you should subscribe to our YouTube channel and uh, and follow us on there and listen to these sweet podcasts there. Also, you could send us emails at podcast at weweregamers dot com. That's an email address. So all the stuff we forgot or got wrong here, go ahead and send it there. We will read it and talk about it. In part two. I really honestly would love some emails about this Steve Rogers conundrum. I 
and and not like snide emails, like really honestly well thought out Marvel Universe answers for how this works. I'm not trying to be a jerk about like, oh, you need to think about it in the movie sense and bad writing. I, I really want to know, like, do people think it's an alternate universe? Did you figure a way that it worked with the timeline? Somebody come up with an answer for me, please. There's got to be one out there. Right, yeah. 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 And I still want to talk about alternate universe stuff in relation to Spider-Man, so we're not there yes. yet. Okay. Part two. Part two. End, 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 end game. <laughs> <laughs>